Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Jason Vines, author of What Did Jesus Drive? And you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the September 14th edition of Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder, the most hardcore motorsports program on the internet. This is episode 121 of the series, and I'm your host, Adam Jason Sinclair. On tonight's program, Michael Mullally and myself will be talking about a variety of things, including the Mazda prototype testing at Hockenheim, the NASCAR penalty policy and how it affects the racing on and off the track, the NHRA weekend, as well as any other exciting news that happens to pop up into the conversation. Mazda Team Ghost ran their first test this last week together at Hockenheim, using a 2017 spec Mazda RT24P prototype. Mazda pulled out of its remaining 2017 races after a lackluster shown either earlier this year in order to focus on redeveloping the car in 2018 together with Team Yost. Mazda drivers Jonathan Bomberito and Tristan Nunez took turns testing out the 2017 car at Hockenheim, which may be the last place on earth they thought the 2017 NIMSA car would go at the beginning of this season. Regardless, this will give Team Yost somewhat of a performance baseline to work with when reworking the car. According to Sports Car 365, a modified version is set to hit the track in the next few weeks. Mazda Team Yost is definitely a real thing. This is really happening. The same hyper-precise team many have missed seeing in action after Audi with Puma was never truly gone. They were just waiting for the next big project. Next up on the agenda this Thursday evening is the NASCAR penalty policy. Penalty options for all three NASCAR national series, but specifically right now for the Monster Energy Cup series, call for the deduction of 10 to 40 points for L1 violations and L2 infractions. In the Monster Energy Cup series, breaking it down, L1 penalties call for a crew chief or team member suspension for one to three races, plus a $25,000 to $75,000 fine. L2 penalties come with a six-race suspension, as well as fines ranging from $100,000 to $200,000. Joey Logano was forced to park in NASCAR's penalty box this weekend, forced to strap in, put on his helmet, and sit on pit road in the number 22 Ford for the duration of a 50-minute Cup Series practice held on Saturday at New Hampshire Morris Speedway. NASCAR punished Logano and Team Penske because the car failed inspection four times before Friday's supported qualifying attempts. NASCAR teams routinely hold cars for a lot of periods of time during practice through various infractions. The NASCAR said it was the first time a cup driver was benched for the entire practice. Logano sipped from his water bottle inside the car on what was an 80-degree day there in New Hampshire. I had time for a lot of thoughts in here, Logano stated. Mainly that it's a total joke. I don't know why it has to be on pit road. There's no reason to sit out here. It's dumb. Uh, Truex would win the race and earn an automatic berth in the second round of NASCAR's playoffs. His celebratory burnout caused the Toyota to blow a rear tire, the type of damage that could affect the results of post-race inspection. Truex is hardly alone over the past few years, among winners who seemingly do more damage to cars through burnouts and donuts than over several hundred grueling miles in the race. Currently, top 10 in points after this weekend's race at New Hampshire Bar Speedway is as follows. First place, Martin Truex Jr. with 2,149 points. 
Five wins, one pole, 12 top fives, and 19 top tens. In second is Kyle Busch with 2,119 points. Three wins, eight poles, 11 top fives, and 17 top tens. Third is Kyle Larson with 2,125 points. Four wins, four poles, 13 top fives, and 17 top tens. Brad Keselowski is in fourth with 2,106. Two wins, two poles, 12 top fives, and 16 top tens. Danny Hamlin's in fifth with 2,088 points. Two wins, no poles, 12 top fives, and 16 top tens. Matt Kenseth in sixth with 2,087 points. No wins, two poles, eight top fives, 14 top tens. Jimmy Johnson in seventh with 2,076 points. Three wins, no poles, three top fives, nine top tens. Ryan Blaney in eighth with 2,070 points. One win, one pole, three top fives, and ten top tens. Chase Elliott in ninth with 2,070 points as well, but he has no wins. One pole, seven top fives, and 15 top tens. And Kevin Carvick runs out the, uh, the top ten with 2,069 points. One win, four poles, nine top fives, and 17 top tens. This weekend, the Monster Energy Cup Series will run its course at Dover International Speedway, this coverage beginning at 11.45 a.m. This weekend, also, the NHRA heads down to Madison, Illinois, to the AAA Insurance Midwest Nationals at Gateway Motorsports Park. As the season is approaching its close, with only four races left before champions of 2017 are crowned, let's take a look at the points. The top ten in front of cars currently as follows. Ron Capps, Robert Height, Courtney Forrest, Matt Hagen, Jack Beckman, Tommy Johnson Jr., J.R. Todd, John Forrest, Tim Wilkerson, and Cruz Pedregon, with Alexis Sejoria holding the number 11 spot, 1,445 points behind 10. In top fuel, it is Steve Torrance, Doug Coletta, Brittany Forrest, Antron Brown, Tony Schumacher, Clay Milliken, Leah Pritchett, Terry McMillan, Scott Palmer, and Sean Langdon, with Troy Coughlin in the number 11 spot, 1,683 points behind 10. In pro stock, it's Bo Butner, Greg Anderson, Tanner Gray, Jason Lyon, Drew Steelman, Erica Enders, Alan Johnson, Jake Coughlin Jr., Chris McGaha, Vincent Nobile, Alan Przezinski is the number 11 spot, 1,688 points behind 10. And top 10 in pro stock motorcycle is Eddie Krawick, Ellie Tonglet, Hector Arana Jr., Jerry Savoy, Andrew Hines, Scotty Polachek, Matt Smith, Karen Stouffer, Joey Gladstone, Andy Smith, and Steve Johnson is the number 11 spot, 1,859 points behind 10. Should be a good weekend there at the uh, Gateway Motorsports Park. We're looking forward to it. Gateway's had some issues in the past with ownership and that sort of thing, but hopefully they've got that behind them and they'll have a have a nice weekend. Um, going on with other NHRA news is sort of a drag racing news, I suppose. The uh, Palm Beach National Raceway, which used to have an NHRA certification and now is a major part of the IHRA, at least there were a couple of years ago, recently reported that they lost all their, their lighting around the track after Hurricane Irma. Now, as most people know, a small track like that, most of their money comes in from Test and Tune, which is held generally in the evenings, uh, Friday nights. They also have a Wednesday night program that they have sometimes. And for the time being, anyway, all that stuff's been canceled. Now, there's been some major changes in the, in the IHRA over the past few years. We've covered some of those on the program here. And there's been some, uh, a lot of changes at Palm Beach International. I think they're on like their fifth different management team in the past five years. And that's not really a good way to maintain a small track. So 
hopefully they end up figuring it out and getting things fixed. I know that they're going to have the uh, their next major meet is the uh, is a small bracket race, which was rescheduled from a Mockley Raceway, which was actually totally destroyed in Hurricane Irma. So hopefully they'll end up figuring something out. I know they're going to run during the day, starting their first runs at like 9 and ending a little bit after 5, so they're out of there by 7 p.m. Um, but hopefully they end up getting their lights fixed. That's not really a good way of having it done, and they they sort of uh, made some some uh, not very good excuses about the, the fact that they suddenly don't have lights there at the track. So you never know what's going on. I wish them all the best, but I don't have faith in the in the current ownership there at the, at the Palm Beach National Raceway. I don't know what the IHRA is doing with that track. I know that it was one of the marquee tracks when they had all the, the Nitro Dram and that sort of thing. This year, the only event that they've got on their schedule that's a major event is the Citrus Nationals, and that's basically just going to be a, a bracket race with a few exhibition runs. And the exhibitions are all jet, jet dragsters and a jet truck. Now, they have a lot of amazing people who've raced in the IHRA, and there's no reason why they couldn't bring in other, other uh, exhibitions in stuff like the Top Fuel and the uh, Prostalgia Funny Car and that sort of thing. But apparently they're moving away from that, and I don't think that's the answer for the IHRA. I don't know what it is but I think they're going totally in the wrong direction. So that's a little bit of local news there. Um, I also know that uh, that in addition, after the, the Mazda Team Yost factory practice at Hockenheim, that uh, Jonathan Barmerito has been announced as another driver who's going to be racing for the Visit Florida team in the uh, Road Atlanta in the Petit Le Mans, which I believe is coming up this weekend or maybe next weekend. Um, that's a totally different thing for Bomarito driving in a in a team that is not affiliated with Mazda in any way. Now, I don't know if that has anything to do with the fact that he may not be back at the team next year. I know that both Nunez and Bomarito, after the test, were basically told, thank you for coming out and we'll let you know if we need you back in the future. Uh, I'm sure that Nunez will probably be back, at least from the, the stuff we've heard from the uh, our guest last week, uh, Glenn McGee. But I'm not sure about Bomarito. He may or may not be. Um, hopefully he is. I know there'll be a lot of driver changes in the Mazda camp over the off season, and we won't really know who the who the driving team is until at least Daytona in January for the Roar Before the 24. So that'll be something we have to take a good look at in the off season as well. So how do you feel about uh, Logano being? put in the penalty box for practice on Saturday? Well, I hate to look at him as a cheater, but, I mean, what was it? Fourth time's the charm, so hmm. um, don't do the crime if he can't do the time. And he was, I don't agree with this statement that he, he said it was dumb to be on there. I think that the uh, we've talked a, a lot about other series, and in pretty much every series that's under the uh, – the FIA umbrella, which NASCAR is to a small extent, but they keep doing more and more international type things. So I think they're trying to, to appease the FIA more and more. The penalty box is a big part of that. And, uh, and a, it's a way to show that if you're not able to, if you cheat in our series, we're going to park you out there. We're going to make an example of you. So other teams know what not to do. And uh, so basically, as you said, don't, don't do it. And hopefully it, the changes in the future, but I'm pretty sure Joey Vigano is not the not the only person who's going to be spending time in the penalty box for the rest of the season. I'm sure there'll be others this weekend. It'll be interesting to see who it is. 
Yeah, it's a little disappointing to hear how he was, um, I mean, from the stuff we just read and the stuff that I was reading when I was doing this, it's a little disappointing to hear how he was talking about it, but I mean, you know, you get caught cheating four times, nonetheless, what do you think is going to happen, like, seriously? Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's kind of interesting. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I know that the that they keep pushing the envelope, but they're pushing it way too far now. And uh, it'll be about the same next year, I'm sure, because there aren't any major changes planned for NASCAR next year. There are going to be a lot of change in other series. Um, the ones for in IMSA that we mentioned, the uh, Mazda prototype testing. I know that they're they're working on that car, but that car will be probably another two years in that sort of car. And then 2020, they're going to come out with a different sort of, of prototype rule. They're currently working on unified prototype rule. Good. But there's, uh, in the automotive industry especially, there's a long time between 2017 and January 2020. So it'll be interesting to see how racing changes in the next few years. I know that the, the automotive industry keeps changing more and more. Um, most of the new cars have at least some level of intelligence in the car where they do the self-parking or they can monitor the lane changes and that sort of thing. And as much as as NASCAR and IMSA and Trans Am and even to a certain extent drag racing, they hate that. But they're going to have to incorporate that into the cars if they want to maintain at least some level of relevance in the, the current automotive environment. They're going to have to figure out how to how to increase the automation in those cars to make them at least a little bit closer to what you're driving on the street. And uh, that's a really big balancing act. And I'm not sure exactly how they're going to do that, but it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they try. Yeah, I'll be curious. So what's your next big racing adventure this year? I know they had some big thing at, uh, at Wenatchee this past weekend that was showing up all over my Facebook feed there. Yeah, um, so last weekend at Wenatchee, they had the Neil Newberry, I think it's the 200, or was it the 100? I don't know, but it's um, like a memorial kind of race, and Mm -hmm. it's a pretty big race around here, but this was only the second year so far, and then this weekend, I won't be attending because it's my birthday, but they have the Fall Classic this weekend. And Mm -hmm. that is a pretty big race, too, up at Yakima, where um, it's a big race for the street stocks and pretty big race for the mini stocks, which I was hoping we would have our car put together for that. But, unfortunately, with everything that has been going on, we just haven't had the motivation or the time. So our cars are going to be parked for a while, at least until next season, but we will be racing next season. It just uh, depends on everything. But I did get some interesting news last night that there is a little rumor flying around that Ecrata will be open next year. We don't know if it's under new ownership or if the original owners are just going to reopen it and try again. But So I have high hopes that that track will at least be open. That's good. Yeah, but kind of 
one of those things where you have to see it to believe it, so you don't want to get your hopes up. But we will see. I think it would be great if that was open again. A lot of people need something to do around here, and I think (laughs) that would be good rather than doing other stuff. Why not go support your local racetrack? There you go. I know we've mentioned before all the uh, racing coverage on Mav TV. They've had a ton of stuff on there in the uh, with wing sprints and even non-wing sprints racing in in the Washington area this past few weeks. Have you heard anything new about that possibility? Actually, I happened to turn it on and on Mav TV, which I found a new found liking for it, um, but. I turned it on and I had to do like a triple take because it looked like they were, it was the super late model and it looked like they were at a track around here. I couldn't mm-hmm. quite pinpoint which track it was, but I happened to notice um, Garrett Evans, who drives, I think he's number 64, but I happened to notice Garrett Evans racing and he's um, the owner of. Wenatchee, but I thought that was pretty cool, so it's nice to see that Washington's not totally out of the loop for the coolness scale. Well, that is kind of interesting. I know they, they've had a lot of, uh, they cover a lot of racing on there, and it's not, a lot of it's not really live. They sort of have a, they have a heck of a of a delay before they have it on, but it's it's pretty interesting to see the the stuff there they've got uh, tracks all over the country and they've got some that are that are really really rough looking but at least they they have them on tv and they're trying to get exposure for the track and that's a good thing yeah i definitely think that's a pretty nice thing especially for Mm -hmm. you know like you said the tracks that do need the exposure um yeah I think it's pretty cool. At this point, if you're a a race owner, a, a race mm-hmm. team owner, or a crew chief, or a even a driver, we'd love to have you on the program in the future. We're currently working on our schedule throughout the rest of the year. Uh, we'll get a. It is being a little slow right now because the people are are winding down their seasons. So if you're interested in coming on the show, please contact either myself or Michael, and we'd love to have you. Be sure to check out past episodes of Thursday Night Thunder, as well as the other shows on the Speedway Digest Radio Network at speedwaydigestradionetwork.com. You can also check out the show on Facebook by searching for Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder in the search bar. I also invite you to read all the articles covering all aspects of motorsports at speedwaydigest.com. Over the past week, I've put out like 15 different articles covering a bunch of different racing, uh, including a... uh, a little bit of coverage of one of the Red Bull Air Races, which I thought was kind of cool that I was given information about. So be sure to check that out in the racing news section of SpeedwayDigest.com. In addition, if you're a fan of South Florida and who isn't, be sure to check out the latest news and information about our slice of paradise at Palm Beach Happening, which can be found by visiting PalmBeach.HappeningMag.com. We've got a lot of great information going out there about the, uh, the upcoming Halloween events going on around town plus some different events going on in the center of the state that we're going to be covering the uh, 
Hollow Scream, which takes place at Bush Gardens, Tampa. We're going to be covering that next week. Um, we'll be going there on Sunday night, I believe, which is the 8th of October, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so that should be pretty interesting. We're going to be trying to do a little bit of Facebook Live about that. I'm not sure if I'll get into it or if I'll, if it won't quite work out, depending on the amount of scare actors and other things. But I'm going to give it a shot. So be sure to check out Palm Beach Happening on Facebook. Uh, that's just check out Palm Beach Happening. It's facebook.com slash Palm Beach Happening. It's probably the best way to get there. Um, so I'm going to try that. Also, next week, we're not going to be having a show on this program because I'll be heading out to the local attraction, the Fright Nights at the South Florida Fairgrounds, which is celebrating their 16th anniversary this year. So that'll be pretty awesome. Be checking that out on Thursday night. So we won't be having a show here, but we will be back the following week. And I'm looking forward to that. Also, I'm going to be going out to Extreme Halloween, which is in Boca Raton. Uh, look it up at, not Extreme Halloween. Extreme Halloween is in Palm, Palm Springs. The one I'm going to is Enigma Haunt, which is in Boca Raton. Um, check that out at enigmahaunt.com. I'll be heading out there this weekend on Saturday night. So there's a ton of amazing Halloween things going on. So many of them getting a little, a little bit confused, but that's okay. I'll don't get them confused when I get to them. So be sure to check that out. And uh, there's a lot of information on Palm Beach Happening about that at palmbeach.happeningmag.com in our Halloween guide. It's just a little pull-down guide you can get from the top of the page. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you again, not next week, but the week after, in the Thunderdome, as we discuss the major issues in the world of modern auto racing. Thanks again. Have a nice night. <laughs>